Hey there, everyone. This is Dave Dubow, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real Estate, sorry, the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. That's a mouthful, isn't it, Gary? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and my guest today is Gary Wong, a very, very sharp young realtor based out of Vancouver, British Columbia. He's also a real estate investor. He's uh, written books about about the Vancouver market. And he also works with uh, high-end properties and with real estate investors who are looking to grow their portfolio. Portfolio. So, welcome to the call. How are you doing today, Gary? Good. I'm good. Uh, thank you for welcoming. Thank you for inviting me to the show. My pleasure. So, Gary, let's let's just get started. Tell us a little bit about your background. How you got in this this crazy game of real estate investing, and what kind of stuff you do personally when it comes to real estate. So, um, well, I got into the game in 2012. I had done uh, my business degree prior to that. So I did my MBA and then um, I got into real estate and, you know, I, I, I printed out like a 15-page business plan and I interviewed seven different brokerages and only one brokerage knew what I was talking about. So I ended up being with McDonald Realty, which I'm still at. And uh, I've been... I've been being a realtor since 2012, but I've went full-time in 2013. And then since 2013, I've been award-winning every year since then. And in 2014, I met my mentor, Dan Locke, and he just took my entrepreneurial world all like to the next level. And since then, I wrote a book, I started doing YouTube, I started blogging, and I started doing a whole bunch of other stuff. And then meanwhile, I thought I knew what it took to be a, a real estate investor just because I was a realtor. And then that's when I bumped into a veteran real estate investor in my first or second year. And I had a 30-minute conversation and I realized I knew nothing about real estate investing. Like a, a realtor thinking that they know, they don't. So I talked to this veteran real estate investor who was a part of, uh, who had been a part of Real Estate Investment Network, the largest real estate investing group in Western Canada. And I joined them and I learned their uh like learn their system, learn what it takes to to build to invest in cash flow and asset appreciation, and then from then on, I did other further study and self study. I studied like a, a program of investing in real estate in the states, and um, and then I started investing in condos myself, but not full time because I just couldn't uh, because I was a full time realtor and building my realtor business. Mm -hmm. I couldn't leverage my time to be a full-time real estate investor and fly out to like Toronto or Michigan or Las Vegas. I just couldn't do that. So you've got, you've got condos. Are they primarily in and around Vancouver? Yeah, I've got condos in Vancouver, Richmond, and that's where I, like I'm born and raised in Vancouver. So I, I'm quite familiar with the different neighborhoods, but mm -hmm. for myself, Vancouver and Richmond are my preferences for now. Understood. Yeah, mm -hmm. makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about that because at the time that we're recording this, Vancouver is uh, kind of a an interesting market. I mean, we we had the the craziness of that whole spike in values where where things just went crazy for very, for a number of years. Mm -hmm. It's kind of plateaued. It might be going down a bit right now. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're working with investors who are coming to invest in a market like Vancouver or Toronto or down in the States, it'd probably be similar to 
Seattle or perhaps Los Angeles, those kind of markets. What are your investors looking for? Are they kind of speculating or are they looking for a place to park their money or or what are, what are they looking for typically? Well, most of the investors that I work with, they're trying to uh, invest in cash flow properties that provides uh, a residual income. Hmm. And then they come here and they, they say, well, like I heard or I read somewhere or I watched some YouTube video where you're, you can positive cash flow like a couple hundred dollars after all your expenses, mortgage, um, property taxes, insurance, strata fees. And I'm like, well, um, theory, that's the theory, but in practice, it's not like that, especially in Vancouver, especially in the downtown core or the urban areas. In rural, it's a little bit better, but in the urban areas, uh, positive cash flow is quite difficult to obtain. So I have to educate them about how it's not like Phoenix, Arizona, how it's not like Las Vegas or Utah or Ohio or Michigan or Edmonton or Calgary. And um, we, we usually settle with, okay, well, I want something close to break even then, at least break even or close to break even. And then we are usually able to get a compromise on that. Yeah, because they'd have to do something pretty creative to get positive cash flow, either yeah. kind of focus on student rentals or exactly. Airbnb it or mm-hmm. something kind of creative, yeah. <laughs> something, something out, of the, out of the norm. Yeah, makes sense. So why would why why do they choose Vancouver instead of some of those other places where they can get the positive cash flow? I think they choose Vancouver because of the uh, economic fundamentals. There's population growth in Vancouver. I think it's about forty thousand come to Vancouver every year. Wow! Uh, strong GDP. I think it's the strongest economy in all of Canada. Mm-hmm. And then the um, job growth is really high. The unemployment rate is low. And the vacancy rate is really low. And then obviously they read the articles out there that says Vancouver is the you know, top three cities in the world to live. And then you look at the schools, it's, we've got like uh, world-class schools. I think UBC is probably ranked 40 in the world for their business programs and such. And then yeah. they, they, you know, it's a very popular place for uh, Asians just crossing the Pacific Ocean. The weather is very fair. They don't have to go to Toronto where the weather is super cold and then super hot. So a lot of people love Vancouver. And well, a lot of nature, of course. A lot of people definitely love Vancouver. Yeah, no, that's, that's no argument there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Gary, when, and obviously you're a little bit biased because you're, you're a realtor yourself, but let's say somebody's, somebody's getting started and they're, they're in a completely different city and they want to invest in that city. What tips or recommendations would you give them about finding a good realtor? I think when, when it comes to finding a good realtor, uh, uh, there's different types. One, like if you're looking specifically for buying, then you want a, a realtor who knows how to do analysis quite mm-hmm. well. They know their numbers, they know their economic fundamentals, they know uh, which areas are great and which are not. And then they must have high, high level of um, customer service. Because when you're buying a property, if you're buying as an investment, it's a little bit different. But if you're buying it for yourself, they should be, um, you know, it's emotional. And so the, the buying agent or the realtor should know how to deal with pe- like people's emotions. They shouldn't be like rock hard and like, uh, you know, the bottom line is this, right? But for investor, you want someone who's pretty sharp. They know their numbers. They know their economic fundamentals. 
they know how to, uh, they know your risk tolerance. They are able to ask the right questions to analyze your needs. Like they should be able to judge what your, um, your skill level in as a real estate investor. Is this a sophisticated buyer or is this an entry level, like a first time, uh, first time investor or second time investor? And then they should offer advice accordingly. So a lot of realtors out there, they offer, and I was like that, I was guilty of that. You know, I'd meet a first time investor and I'd pour out all the stuff I learned from Real Estate Investment Network and I poured out all these advanced strategies and they just had no clue. <laughs> and they confuse them. And then I said, oh, you can't do that. You, you have to help them according to where they're at. If they, you know, be, if they only have one investment property, you don't give them a strategy that helps them get like, you know, like 10 properties or 20 properties. You help them get their second property. So that, that's important, obviously. So, so how, mm-hmm. those are a lot of great qualities. How would you find somebody like that? What, what steps would you take if you were that either, let's say, newbie or more experienced investor looking for a, a new realtor? Would you ask for referrals or would you interview a bunch of them? I would definitely ask for referrals, mm-hmm. but also I would interview them and then I would do uh, my, my own due diligence. Um, I find that realtors who are uh, quite well branded online, it shows me that they take pride in what they do mm-hmm. and that they're not just, um, uh, you know, just helping their friends buy or sell real estate. Like they actually are doing this long term. So I usually, um, they, they give off a good first impression if, they're, if they have good marketing. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to be a great realtor for you, but it gives me a good first impression. Like it's like going into a doctor's office and the doctor's office is all like crummy and I, I don't see him online or he has no online presence and his office is, is really dirty. And the first impression matters. So I think that, that um, the first impression is a good stepping stone, but it doesn't guarantee that the realtor is right for you. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about uh, Dan Locke being your mentor. Dan, the man's a, an old friend of mine. I've known Dan mm-hmm. since he's 2005 or six or something uh-huh. like that. Um, so what what have you learned from Dan that you've applied to your your realtor business that's really kind of helped kick kick things up? Well, the funny thing is when I met him in 2012, uh, sorry, 2014. Uh, I was already doing well in real estate. And then Dan has a saying where he's in the business of helping winners win more, uh, not helping losers become winners. So Mm -hmm. it's great that I was accepted to be his mentee. And um, so obviously he thought I was a winner, which was great. But then he took me the first hour, uh, the first one hour phone call I had with him, I said, there goes my one year MBA. It was just a totally different mindset. Being uh, uh, an academic to an entrepreneur and to a multi-millionaire, multi-millionaire entrepreneur, the mindsets are totally different. So within a couple months, he had gotten me taking, um, taking massive action, studying a lot of material. And then uh, at the end of 2014, maybe like four months into my mentorship, he's like, Gary, you're going to write a book. I'm like, what? He's like, you're going to write a book. I'm like, how, what? And he was uh, showing me, uh, like some realtor in Toronto wrote, uh, wrote this book and he was like, 
uh, he, he uh, told me to buy the book. So I read the book and I was like, this book sucks. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and then I was, and he said, he explained to me the, the way that realtor wrote the book was he just recorded his voice for an hour and then transcribed it and then got an editor and to, to patch up or um, puzzle in the pieces yeah. and then slap it together and there goes their book. And I was like, this, this sucks. So I'm going to like, and, but the book was helping him get a lot of branding and positioning. And so, but for me, I, I liked writing myself. I had already been blogging for a few years. Um, so I took a lot of my blog posts. I wrote a lot of other reports and stuff like that. And I amalgamated together and I wrote extra material and I combined it. And then it took me, well, Dan was like, Gary, I want you to write in two months. I'm like, what? So I, I worked really hard and I did it in four months. And then, so I published my book in 2015, April or something like that. What's the name of your book? Uh, the book on Vancouver real estate. Nice. Yeah. So then that, um, you know, helped me in terms of positioning and branding. And so how, how did that help you in terms of positioning and branding? How do you use your book to, to get more customers? Well, I use my book as my business card. In real estate, a lot of people just hand out their business cards. And, you know, you and I know that business cards often get thrown away. So I, um, so Dan was telling me, Gary, when you have a book, it gives you the authority status. People aren't going to throw away your book. So use your book as an authority, like a, as a business card. So that's what I did. And I was handing out the book for free in, um, on Facebook and paying uh, paying my uh, friend to do Facebook ads and I was bringing uh, leads to my landing page and I was paying for shipping and I was paying for the book and everything. And I got a bunch of haters saying that I supported the the, the housing on affordability and the, the mainland Chinese and all that stuff. But I got a taste of what it's like to, to add value and um, get a lot of uh, pushback. So from then on, I use the book where every time I meet a client, I give them a copy of my book. I just want to educate them whether they want to use me as their realtor or not. That's fine. But it's at least it's a way to leave a lasting impression. So what, what's an example of the, the biggest impact the book has had directly on you? I think it gave me the confidence. It gave me the self-esteem that I needed. Like, I am an author now. and. Um, it it just and I know that the the book gave me authority status, but it's one thing to to know it, and then it's one another thing to really know it deep in your heart. And I think the book gave me the confidence. Wow, I could write a book. What else could I do? And so it gave me the the self esteem to do other projects that Dan assigned me to do, and then took me outside of my comfort zone. And little by little, Dan kept challenging me with more difficult projects that that took me outside of my comfort zone and with me taken out of my comfort zone my income started to go outside of my comfort zone which is a good thing (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so what else besides the book has worked really well for you i I know you do youtube videos you do blogs you do all sorts of stuff what what's kind of the the if you could only pick one which one would it be i know i think it would be youtube so in 20, yeah, end of 2014, Dan was like, Gary, I also want you to do YouTube. And I'm like, I don't know how to do YouTube. He's like, just shoot any videos by yourself. 
And then I was uh, asking him questions like, oh, which camera should I use? Which light should I use? And he was like, just do it. And then, so I got the camera, I started shooting videos, and I had no clue what to talk about, but he gave me some ideas, and I started shooting them. And in the beginning, I was shooting them with my cell phone, doing like a selfie video, and then later I, I got a DSLR, and I put it on a tripod. Later, I added some three-point lighting, and I started just shooting more and more videos. And then I think now I have about 500 videos. Wow. Is it like a lead generation machine? No, it's not. But it's more of a way to add value to the public and um, just get people to know who I am. Yeah. And all of these things combined have really helped you to kick your business up. It has. It has. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. So you'd say YouTube, the book, and then obviously there's the other things like the website and the podcast and all that. Social media type stuff. Yeah, or whatever you exactly. do. yeah well, that's awesome. Excellent, Gary. Well, like I told you, time flies when we're, when we're having fun here. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about if, if people are interested in finding out more about you or getting a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? I think the best way is to go to my website at GaryWongRealty.com. Also, my YouTube, you can find me at Gary Wong Realty uh, on YouTube, or they can go to uh, www.VancouverRealEstateTV.com. It just redirects to the YouTube channel. Um, I think that's the best way. Yeah, they can also find me on Instagram, Gary Wong Vancouver. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Gary, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for sharing you your your experience, your insights, and your advice. And I uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, everybody. Enjoy, enjoy your week, and we'll see you next week on the next episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Take care. Talk to you soon. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. And if you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at Investor Attraction Demo. Dot com. Take care.